Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. You're listening to One Last Breath, an autopsy of awful albums. Where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. Today we'll be discussing one of the classic examples of an album that had such an overwhelmingly negative critical reaction that it's gone on to live in infamy as being considered one of the worst albums ever made. This infamy is perhaps even more heightened due to the fact that one half of this band's personnel features none other than Billy Joel, one of the most successful solo artists of all time, and a rock icon whose best songs, best known songs, remain classic rock standards to this day. And it's really weird hearing this album and knowing it's Billy Joel. If I didn't know it was yeah. Billy Joel, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what my opinion. And, if yeah. my opinion would have changed. I don't but... know if it would have changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'll go over this later. I had my parents listen to this album um, to tell me their thoughts, and I tried to keep it a secret. I was like, "Yeah, this is a." 70s uh kind of proto metal album that is considered one of the worst ever i just want you guys to listen to it i was like there's one one of the members is a very famous artist that you definitely know i try to keep it a secret but when you type it into youtube yeah it literally says attila parentheses billy joel because i was like i really want someone's opinion that has no idea who this is yeah but i mean i don't know if it would really change my opinion much you can you can pretty easily tell when the vocals come in yeah, if, I can say if that. you're if you're like really familiar with Billy Joel, you'll hear yeah. the vocals and be like, oh, okay. Especially cool. having the context of knowing that someone famous is on this, yeah. I feel like it'd be easily discernible. But but yeah, so we're we're not talking about Piano Man today, nor Uptown Girl. <laughs> we're of course talking about Attila, the 1970s self-titled album featuring the previously mentioned Billy Joel on organ and vocals and John Small on the drums. Um, I don't know if you looked into what they did with his organ. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, they um they modded it to plug it into some kind of amp, a Marshall amp, yeah, a Marshall, yeah. yeah so I had it's, that down, yeah. It's a really interesting. And it said they turned the distortion and overdrive all the way up. You can it. tell. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's parts of this album that, I mean, there's parts where you can tell it's an organ playing like the lead part, but and there's parts where it, you just it can't. sounds like a fucking guitar. Like yeah. there's parts where I'm like, I mean, if, we'll get into it. But yeah. Now when you when you came to me and said, hey, can we cover Attila? <laughs> my first thought was. The metal band? Fuck no. Yeah, no, no, not the not the metalcore Attila. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're not we're not here to shit on Attila. We're here to talk about Attila. <laughs> we're not here to shit on Attila. We're here to shit on Attila. I yeah, mean, of course. Got to know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Different bands entirely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no guitars were used in the making of this album. It was a Hammond B three organ, like you said, directly plugged into an amp. And those are that's a really nice organ. That's like mm-hmm. a famous organ. Oh yeah, I, I love Hammond organ, like old old classic rock proto metal shit, like Deep Purple. Who else has a Hammond organ? Fucking Uriah Heep. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's the most. It's probably I mean, the most even, iconic organ. Yeah, I mean even fucking like some Beatles and Rolling Stone stuff, like Billy Preston. You ever heard mm-hmm. of him? Yeah, like I love that shit. Like a good organ solo gets me fucking going. Like I love that shit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it didn't even have a bass. Uh, Billy Joel performed the bass lines on a keyboard, sort of like Ray Manzarek of the Doors, you know? Yeah. They were famous for not having a bass. Uh, so Billy Joel and John Small had previously played together in The Hassles, which they were a psychedelic rock. I I listened to some of them, um, well, they had two albums, I listened to some stuff from both of them. They were also described as blue-eyed soul, but they really were just kind of straight up psych rock pop pop rock huh. kind of ish you know of the time it yeah was, it was like 67 through 69 that they were the, thing, the, like what all music kind of sounded like around, yeah. or all rock sounded yeah. like around that point yeah and i found a facebook page a fan page that was ran by two fans and the band's guitarist richard mckenna so it had some pretty cool like old 
photos that weren't really anywhere on the internet of the hassles. Um, according to the Facebook page, they shared the stage with artists such as Traffic, Stevie Wonder, Vanilla Fudge, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, <laughs> and they also almost opened for the Beatles at Shea Stadium, but apparently they couldn't fly to the gig in enough time, oh. so they, they apparently hung out backstage with the Beatles, and they got kicked out, because the people were like, no, you're, you're not supposed to be here, because I guess they didn't get there in enough time to be part of the bill. Yeah. So... That yeah. would have probably, I mean, if that worked out, we probably would have never gotten a tell would probably would have never gotten Billy Joel. It would have just been them with I that mean, band touring the world. Like, opening for the Beatles would have been huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows if they would have became, like, a, a very famous group at that time uh, along the lines of fucking Buffalo Springfield. Like, you know, like, kind of those, yeah. that next level down from the Beatles, the Stones. I, I feel like they, they might have, could have been that. They could have, but yeah. instead, they went on to do other stuff like yeah. this. And also the band were apparently good friends with Tiny Tim. I feel yeah. like Tiny Tim was a good guy to get along with. Yeah, so he apparently was, they, they played shows with him, and he was in the studio during the recording of their second and their last album, The Hour of the Wolf. Did he get a feature? No, no I don't think so. I guess he was oh. just kind of hanging out, fucking tiptoeing through the tulips in the studio. You know, so. you know as you do. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know how, how accurate any of that information I just relayed is, but I mean, if it's... It's all from a Facebook page. Nobody lies on the internet. Yeah, nobody lies. Especially not about their own band from 50 yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this, yeah, Richard McKenna, I feel like it's, yeah, I, he wouldn't have to fucking go get clout on the internet by being like, oh, I opened for Stevie Wonder and was friends with Tiny Tim. Like, he has clout because he played in a band with Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I feel like this is all pretty reliable information. But And after the Hassles disbanded, bassist Howie Blavelt went on to form Ram Jam, the oh. band, yeah, Black Betty. Oh, Black Betty. Yeah. So that was another interesting little fact. Huh. So, uh, Billy Joel, about Attila, getting back to the subject at hand, um, said, We were heavy metal. We were going to destroy the world with amplification. <laughs> he said that in a 1985 interview about the band. And he also went on to say, A lot of people think I just came out of the piano bar. I did a lot of heavy metal for a while. We had about a dozen gigs and nobody could stay in the room when we were playing. It was too loud. We drove people literally out of clubs. <laughs> and that's... Imagine just not being able to stay at a club because it's too loud. Because these days, that doesn't make any sense. Clubs are so loud. Yeah. You can't hear yourself think. Yeah. But I guess back then they were more guys smoking just yeah. in the corner of a bar. I yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, if I fucking saw a dude have an organ plugged directly into an amp in a bar and we're just fucking soloing out on it, I'd be like, I'd probably this, say. this should go hard. Especially, like, especially in the sick, late 60s, early 70s. I mean, yeah, like, it seems perfect at the time. Yeah, exactly. But, um, so yeah, despite driving people out of clubs, the band managed to secure a deal with Epic Records for their release of their one and only album. It was a critical failure and a commercial flop, with Steve Earlwine stating on all music, Attila undoubtedly is the worst album released in the history of rock and roll. Hell, the history of recorded music itself. There have been many bad ideas in rock, but none match the colossal stupidity of Attila. Later adding, by the end of this album, it feels as if a drill has punctured the center of your skull. It's that piercing, painful, and monotonous. In the only other professional review I could find, um... At least a review that wasn't just a YouTube comment or a message board comment. Mm -hmm. uh, it, I mean, I don't know. I've never heard of this website, and this guy only had one other review. But his name's Boy Howdy. I guess this is his screen oh, name okay. of, of Head Heritage. He gave a pretty positive review. He said, 
Through sheer ham-handed gusto, Billy Joel comes fairly close to beating Deep Purple at their game with just an organ and drums, but it's too over the top. The album cover, the vocals, the lyrics, it just ends up being an extremely entertaining joke that Billy Joel wasn't a part of. But I've got to say, I dug this trip, and the record still puts me in a good mood every time. But yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could have found more professional reviews. Like, I, that's that's one thing with this album. Like, how did it go on to be such a, like, like when you look up the worst albums of all time, like, this is one of the prime examples. I'm like, I feel like, if anything, it was just kind of ignored. It was just kind of ignored and yeah. forgotten. Like, so I don't know if that the bad credibility came up retrospectively when people started discovering it on the internet or if because you know it's like there was no on the wikipedia article i tried looking up reviews like looking up specific site and magazine publications like rolling stone cream like magazines i knew of at the time there's nothing online like i'd love to find old issues of that somewhere and see yeah, if I could if I could find a review. I would love to see more people talking about the album in its time as opposed to like yeah. basically just people talking about it from a modern perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean I guess if it if it was panned by publications like that, it sort of makes sense cuz you know, going back, a lot of the proto metal at the time was really hated like Led Zeppelin's first two albums, um Black Sabbath first three albums fuck even like helter skelter by the Beatles. Beatles yeah it was yeah like and then you know going a little later like Judas Priest Motorhead like that's I guess people just weren't ready for it like it feels like that's that's a uh that's a common theme in metal all like every time yeah. a new type of metal yeah. starts to come out critics hate it yeah and fans hate and like uh, fans of the older type of metal yeah. hate it yeah but like with this being the first metal like I think proto metal I guess I guess it just kind of seemed too dumbed down for a lot of the critics. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like they were more so, I guess artsy and pretentious. They yeah, were just they like, wanted well, something more high, like highbrow. I guess more like psych rock, more like Jimi Hendrix. They wanted they yeah they were looking for stuff like that. Yeah, not stuff like, that was I mean I fucking love Jimmy Hendrix. Loud and yeah. aggressive. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know because it's like I mean going back, everything that I mentioned has gone on to of course have critical acclaim with yeah. the same publications that shit on it in the past considering and, it like greatest albums ever so it's and like it's just got forgotten yeah yeah so it's very weird but the same year attila was released the band split up the failure of their studio effort was obviously a huge reason but also billy joel attempted suicide by drinking furniture polish and was having an affair with john small's wife with whom he had a kid did you see that? No. You didn't see that? No. Mm, I, I did not look much into this album. I just kind of listened yeah, to it. I yeah. Read the, I read bits of the Wikipedia page yeah, and yeah. listened to it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the main research here. Austin's doing the editing. So, yeah, I'm kind of the one that's that's scouring the depths oh of the internet. Oh, my lord. I mean, it, it was, I think it was on the Wikipedia page. It mentioned, it didn't mention his suicide attempt on the Wikipedia page. Of yeah, I, I just looked at, like, reception. Yeah, I, I had heard that he had... Uh, attempted suicide and like yeah i had heard about that yeah the kid thing with his bandmate's wife well the his bandmate had had a kid with the wife okay yeah but he was having an affair okay so yeah i don't really know what the order of events were with that like i don't know if he attempted suicide because because it said that he the um i didn't get her name down but uh the woman he was having an affair with which he went on to be married to for nine years billy joel oh um she had basically said that she was 
cutting off both men if he didn't admit to having an affair. So I guess he admitted to having an affair to John Small, and he apparently punched him in the face. But okay, then also, so John, John Small was the one that took him to the hospital after his suicide attempt. So I'm like, I don't really know the the order of events here. Huh. If, um, like, he, I don't know, if it was a pressure of... And John Small didn't go on to form another band or anything? No, he went on uh, to be a video producer and director. Uh, he, he eventually reconciled with Billy Joel. He produced two live films for him. Huh. One of which was, I forget what it was called, but it was one of the first uh, Amer- instances of an American artist going and playing in Russia. Huh. And like During the and Soviet like, Union. Yeah, yeah. It was like an 81, 82. Like wow. Him and like Paul like McCartney were some of the first years one. before the wall came down. Yeah, probably. But uh, this is a real, uh, the whole affair, punching in the face. <laughs> it's a real Taking Back Sunday brand new kind of thing. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm kind of that upset feud. that yeah. he didn't go on to form another band and they didn't just have diss out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as far as I know, I mean, you know, he might have, it's, uh, you know, it could be possible that he did some studio session work. I don't know, because, I mean, he, he's, yeah. a, he's a he's good drummer. A like, really good drummer. Yeah, yeah, so, but, I mean, he went and did something with music, and, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming video producer, since he did the two things for Billy Joel, was probably... Probably the most of the live of concerts. Yeah. And, I, need, uh, I need to watch videos. those. That would be cool to see the, like, one, I think it was the first yeah. American artist to go over and play in Russia. So, I'd like to see that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Billy Joel went on to have a very successful solo career, having 33 top 40 hits. That's a fucking lot. That's one of the biggest. Yeah, he has been nominated for 23 Grammys, winning six of them, and he also won a Tony in 2001. Uh, His success makes him the seventh best-selling recording artist and fourth best-selling solo artist in the U.S., with over 160 million records sold worldwide. Good for (laughs) Billy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'd say I'm a Billy, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a Billy Joel fan. I've never listened to a whole album. No, I I like what I've heard. Yeah, but I mean, every, I don't know all 33 of his top 40 hits, but I'd say I know a good, probably at least 20 Billy Joel songs. Yeah, and they're all, they're all good. It's not Elton John. But I just, I just grew up more in Elton John. Yeah, it's it's weird. They're for, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of either. I know more Billy Joel so I feel like I like Billy Joel maybe as a whole more, but Elton John's better songs, I would say, or best songs are better than Billy Joel. Yeah. Like, Tiny Dancer, fucking, I love that. Rich. So, yeah. Crocodile Rock, he was on The Muppets. Yeah. Was Billy Joel on The Muppets? <laughs> okay, Benny and the Jets, you know, you gotta... Okay, I'm talking about <laughs> Elton John. This is, we're talking about a Yeah, tell. yeah. Alright, so I mean, what are your first, first thoughts on this album? I think that if this album got traction... If this album had been remembered, mm-hmm. we would all be looking back at this as the most important album in metal. Mm. Yeah, I think it, it really deserves a lot of more praise and respect than it got. So, like I, like I was saying, the initial hate, or supposedly initial hatred, like I said, couldn't really find any old reviews. But I think it all probably did stem from what I was saying with critics just hating the proto-metal style. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they just weren't ready for it, but... You aren't ready for this, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, this it also really reminds me of there was there's this band called Dust that I discovered recently that they only had two albums. One I think it might have been like seventy and seventy two, something like that. I was at a local record store and I was flipping through the new arrivals and it was like ten bucks and it just had it was an original pressing and it just had this fucking like 
two Vikings on a snowy mountainside. And I was like, this looks like it'll be some really good proto metal. Like, yeah. it looks like it'll go hard. So I bought it and it was really good. And it, it was pretty similar to this. Like, as okay. I was listening to this, I was like, I can see, see the vibes. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I like it. I don't, I mean, <laughs> I, I really like this yeah, album. I really like it. I went into this not knowing what to expect. Yeah. And I came out. The only reason this is not going into my rotation on Spotify is because, is it's, because not, it's not on Spotify. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I legit need to download this on my computer and fucking upload it to my Spotify, like the yeah. local files. Yeah, I, I'm tempted to do that because it's such a good album. Yeah, which me and Austin, we had discussed that we, I was like, when you listen to the album, do not tell me what you think about it because I really want... I want it to be a surprise, so I'm. I mean, I figured you would like it. Yeah, but... I was like, I was like, okay, Alex probably likes this. Yeah, yeah. But I was also like, this could be the first time we're divided on something. Yeah, that, but it's yeah. not. We both really like it. Yeah. Um, vocally, it's nothing special. Yeah. For its time, yeah. it's kind of Led Zeppelin-y vocally, but yeah. in some parts, kind of Dio-y vocally in some parts. Yeah, yeah. There were some parts that reminded me of like the very early power metal. Yeah, but for the most, it's. It's contemporary. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you would expect from an album released in 70... I think 70. 70. Yeah. So, I was really thinking, like, like I like you, I didn't know what to expect. I was thinking at the most that maybe a lot of the negativity came from, you know, it might have some really drawn-out songs, like, you know, kind of going nowhere. Like, like yeah. I didn't expect it to be god-awful, but I didn't yeah. expect to like it as much. I, I thought I'd be middle of the road. Like, I thought, you know, it, I thought like, it'd just be more boring. Yeah, yeah, I boring, think. exactly. But the longest track on the album was, what, nine minutes? Uh, it's yes, technically I, two songs. Yeah, I, I think the longest that wasn't split into two was... Like seven Tear this minutes. Castle down. It was like seven minutes, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... And I, they all keep going places the entire time. Yeah, I mean, it, it stays really consistent. Like, no no dull moments, I would say. No one. So, I mean, you want to get into a track-by-track track now? Okay, so, uh, Wonder Woman mm -hmm. is a song that I've, I think it's the one I have the least amount of notes on. This and there's one other one that I don't have a lot of notes okay. on. Okay. Um, all I can say is, this song sounds like you went up to the doors before before a recording session. Where mm -hmm. they, they needed one more song, they didn't know what to do, and you're like... Hey man, there's this really cool thing called meth. <laughs> so it sounds and, like the doors on meth. And they re and they just freestyled the greatest shit that they've ever done. That's what this sounds like. It just sounds like the greatest shit they've ever done. The doors on a ton of stimulants, <laughs> and it's it's incredible. Okay, I yeah. like this song. I like it. Um, I feel like when I, you know, obviously being the intro track. I was like, oh shit, this is really good. But as I listened to the rest of the album and as I listened to the album multiple times, I liked it less. I yeah. Mean, not to say I dislike it. Like, it, it's a good song, but... It's one of there, the weaker tracks on the album. Yeah, there was sure. more on the album that wowed me later on, but... Yeah, I think, personally, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think the, the B-side is better than the A-side, yeah, for I, the most I part. I completely agree, yeah. But <laughs> I just wanted to acknowledge that this song might have been written about John Small's wife. Uh, she Wait, a redhead? Was, was she the? I, I don't oh, know. Let's see. Was she the Wonder Woman? Let's see. Oh, Billy Joel's first wife was not from fucking 2015 to present. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, she did not have red hair. She has uh, kind of blackish brunette hair. So, huh. I don't know. I just after knowing that and hearing the lyrics, I was like, this might yeah. have, this might have been written about her, and <laughs> John Small is just unknowingly banging out the drones on a 
song. He's banging out the drums. <laughs> he's banging out his wife. I mean, maybe that's why he said she had red hair. He didn't want to want to make it too sus. Uh, yeah, maybe. He's like, uh, oh, who is this Wonder Woman that you thing, speak of? One thing I do want to mention about this album. So normally, when uh, I go to listen to an album for this, I'll listen to it once without taking notes, mm-hmm. and then start taking notes a second listen. About a minute and a half into this track, I was like, if I don't start taking notes now. I'm not going to get the best notes that I can have. I had yeah. to take as many notes as I could the first listen. Yeah, for me, I that's a good approach. I should maybe try that. But for me, I'm really airheaded. Like, I just space out a lot. So I'm like, if I don't immediately write something yeah. down, I'll probably forget it. Um, which, you know, leads to some, some stuff I'll write down. Then later on, I'll be like, eh, I changed my mind about that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this, like, I the first full listen of this that I had, I got almost every single note. I have right now like I added a few more but yeah it was pretty much all mostly from the first listen yeah um, so yeah I mean Wonder Woman decent track decent track I really like the ending of it um it was like <laughs> weedly weedly bone to bone to bone to bone like it, it kind of yeah yeah so um California Flash I like this one too the I ba- really liked it yeah yeah. Like, yeah the bass line sounds almost identical to Peace Frog by the Doors you know okay. that one? Yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. yeah it's like, I knew uh, yeah. the vocal melody at the beginning sounds almost exactly like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okay. I'll need to I'll need to listen back to it with you mentioning that. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Um, the the first key solo, incredible. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. second key solo, incredible. <laughs> yeah. The God, California Flash was a fucking menace. <laughs> Did you read the lyrics? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't hear it the, first, the second time I listened to it, I was like, yo. Yeah, California Flash was He had a 20-foot de- mustache. He was on fucking demon time, bro. He started flashing everyone. <laughs> yeah, shit. He should not have been allowed to cook. No. Uh-huh. But, yeah, um, I really like the ending of this song, too. It had, like, a really good, uh, like you said, really good key solos, organ, whatever the fuck. And, uh, with before, a really good back and forth between yeah. the organ and the drums. And before that second solo, there's, like, a breakdown Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly heavy. Yeah, for yeah. just being keys and drums. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this album is weirdly heavy. Yeah, it's like I, how the like I don't know how he achieved. I don't understand. Like some of it, you can definitely tell that it's organ. Mm-hmm. But then some of it, I'm like, if you if I didn't know that, I would think it's just a guitar. Like some of it sounds straight up like a yeah, guitar. Yeah, I think it's like, on. How? I think it's on this song. There's a um, there's a part that just sounds like someone scraping strings that are muted like the chick 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 oh yeah is that a rolling hunter uh, i don't might be in I, for, I think it i might know be exactly the, what you're talking yeah, about yeah i think it's in this but it's i don't know how they did that yeah it's like yeah like that's really contemporary with psych rock where they were doing with a wah pedal yeah to get like the that sound i don't know how they did it with the organ i don't know uh so yeah california flash i like i like that song too uh, next is Revenge is Sweet. This is another one I didn't get a lot of notes on. Um, it's, it's fine. It, yeah, it's alright. It's, it's it, one of the weaker songs in the album. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminded me of, like, like we were saying, early power metal. Like, not really power metal, so to say, but, like, Dio, yeah. Rainbow, Saxon, like... Yeah, that, um... Even, like, even Maiden, too. Stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, like the... I guess the new wave of British heavy metal, like over, yeah. over like really theatrical vocals, mm-hmm. like um, and the and the lyrics too, like they were kind of cringe. Yeah, like uh, there's a really nice grit in his voice though, mm-hmm. which isn't something you hear. Yeah, you hear it a couple times in this. Um, yeah. it like it feels like if he had pushed it a little farther, he could have gotten some early harsh vocals. 
Yeah. There, there was a part that sounded like it was almost a scream. Um, yeah, but... And the main riff reminded me of Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. Okay. Um, okay. I didn't catch that. I'll need I don't to, know, that's I'll just need to something that, that just popped up. I was like, okay, Magic Carpet Ride, cool. You know, Steppenwolf is actually a pretty good comparison to yeah. Attila. I, I didn't even think this about that. This is a now. heavier Steppenwolf. Yeah, because Steppenwolf... You know, I, I feel like they could kind of be considered proto-metal. I mean, especially with, uh, uh, what's the fucking riding down the highway? Yeah. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. Yeah. yeah. Especially with that song. But, uh, overall, uh, I feel like a lot of their other stuff I've heard isn't as heavy. Yeah. This is I'd definitely, say, like, much heavier than Steppenwolf. Yeah, with There's, the keys and the organs. Like, you can definitely hear some comparison between the yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, the ending of the song was another really good solo, um... It sounded like organ and guitar at the same time, so I don't... I yeah, mean, I think it's just what, the distortion makes the higher notes of the organ sound like guitar. Yeah, so I'm like, I don't know if it was double track. I mean, I don't know I, if... I'm assu- Because I'm assuming that they track multiple <clears throat> organ bits. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there, there are definitely parts where you can hear a rhythm organ playing both a bass part and a uh, treble part, but then him also going, going crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, I mean... I think I got it as my least favorite song on the album, which that's that's not a knock at all. I mean, it's yeah, a per- it's a perfectly it's a passable good song. song. It's yeah. just not my favorite song. On the yeah, album. the I'd say the biggest detractor of it is the lyrics. Like I don't know, they're just it kind of sounds like he has a little man syndrome. Like he's like you spit in my eye. Like I don't know, it's just fucking yeah. It's a little over the top. But... Yeah, but I mean, it's something that would go on to be in metal, like the aggressive. Yeah, like it's yeah. almost a diss track. Like, fucking, I don't know, like all the pent-up rage of getting yeah. bullied and stuff, and you're just, like, releasing it in music, so. Alright, then next is the first instrumental of the album. I, um, I got this as one, I noted this as one song, because it is okay. one long, continuous yeah, song. Yeah, Amplifier, Fire, Fire it's part, part one, Godzilla, one. Yeah. part two, March of the Huns. Yeah. But it's just one really long song. Yeah, but I mean, it, it does have a, you know, you can definitely tell yeah. when, when it splits without even having to look at the track listing, like, yeah. there's a switch up. But uh, it's I think the yeah, is my favorite track on the album. Okay, yeah the the first, the Godzilla it starts off with like you know it has a really like badass I would say like fast paced organ soloing like yeah and it also really has, good drum um, fills like it starts off with this chordal section it's like dun 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 and it reminded mm-hmm. me of slam metal. <laughs> Billy Joel's the originator of slam metal. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it was okay. Like it, there, there's a lot of parts in this. I'm like, okay, I, I hear this type of metal in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the lead bits would be out of place in the slam part, mm-hmm. but like that chordal section is so slam. Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, they fucking shred both of them like. Are really really good on this album instrumental wise. Yeah, I mean, um, the ending of, of the Godzilla part is like really glitchy, mm-hmm. but it's it's an, it's glitchy in a really good way. Mm-hmm. And then going into March of the Huns, I don't like it as, as much as the Godzilla part, but it's still really good. It I, it lives up to the namesake March of the Huns. Like yeah. it sounds like marching music. Like um, the drum bit, the yeah, it reminded me of Indians by Anthrax. Oh, okay, damn, you're you're fucking you're getting all these comparisons. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I mean that part kind of sounds like Peace Frog by the Doors, and you're like every single song, every single song you can hear the influence. The yeah. influ- like I don't know. If, I mean, I don't think these metal musicians actually listen to this. I mean, there might be some. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, be, but the dunga 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 dunga. That's just yeah. like Indians. Yeah. 
uh, and I, I really like how this two-part instrumental broke up the album. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I would assume that maybe since the second side, all the songs are longer. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, I feel like the first side was probably ended with this instrumental. It did. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I feel like it kind of segues really well into yeah. the second half of the album, um, which. Which, like you said, I, I like the second, second half better. I feel stronger. like it's heavier, the mm -hmm. second half, and it's more lyrically rich, I would say. Yeah. Like, like, better themes. Like, I feel like the first half is kind of personal themes, mm -hmm. it seems like, and then and then goofy with, like, the California Flash. Yeah, California Flash then, is very goofy. Yeah, but then the second, I mean, it, personal as well, but I feel like the second half really has, like, early metal influence, like, Kind of, kind of yeah. the vibe that a lot of early metal uh, lyrics went for. Yeah. Um, like epic in scope, I guess you could say. Yeah, Amplifier Fire, uh, by the end, is just a really menacing track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes off like, I could imagine rolling up a joint and like listen to this in a fucking basement in the 70s and be like, oh shit. And losing my mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, this is fucking heavy. Like... Yeah. Because at this point, you would have never heard anything close to this. Yeah, I mean, by this, I think, maybe Sabbath's first album was out by this point? I think their first album was 68. Was it? Maybe. Yeah, I, I believe their first album was in the late 60s. Maybe 69. Yeah. Possibly 70. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But, so, I mean, if it was, then I would say the title track, Black Sabbath, was heavier than this is. But, you know... Not much out there at this time that really had that menacing, like, almost primal feel to it. So, Amplifier Fire was really good. My favorite song on the album, I think. Okay. Um, Rolling Home. I don't have a lot to say about it. Kind of kind of like how you don't have much to say about Revenge is Sweet. Like, it's a decent song. Um, I found some pretty, some more, like, important parts that eventually became important metal staples. Okay. Um, there are parts where the drum beat sounds... Not to be like, not to talk down about the drummer, but it sounds like a, a, uh, a kid's first attempt at a blast beat after they've been playing drums for a couple of years. Okay. And that's not to say that he's bad at drums, mm -hmm. it's just they didn't have the blast beat yet. Uh, this song also uses the minor second a lot, which is uh, like the panic chords in metal. Yeah, okay. Uh, I heard that a lot in the keyboard, which is really, that's not something you would have heard at this time at all. Mm -hmm. No metal band really used panic chords until like the 2000s when yeah. those got really big okay yeah it starts off if i remember correctly it starts off with kind of like a rolling drum beat like, yeah doo -doo 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 -doo. and um i feel like when it i think i think it goes instrumental towards the end mm -hmm. like the vocals kind of get out of the way pretty yeah. early at, at the end it starts to pick up for me and i really like the ending to it um it gets pretty heavy yeah. i guess that's probably where uh, the panic chords are coming in yeah. the panic chords and the like kind of blast beat yeah and there's also um the part that really marks the two sections apart is there's that like the uh, the droning sound yeah yeah it kind of sounds like a dive bomb that like hmm. dimebag daryl is known for using yeah, a lot or like a eddie van halen yeah. yeah it just sounds like one of those okay it's it's a really wild album. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there were metal musicians that had just gotten this on some beast like bootleg tape, just this song, and been like, I like this stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, the album cover is them wearing like fucking medieval yeah. garbery, whatever you want to fucking call it. And, and it's like, looking menacing. And it looks like they're in like a, 
meat locker. Like, yeah, I, that's I don't know. It's really so. I mean, I could def- I could definitely see fucking Eddie Van Halen or Dimebag or somebody when they at were. I'm coming, being like, I'm yeah, buying yeah, but yeah. I mean, you know, that's I, I've done that before. If if the price is right and the album cover looks cool, I'm like, fuck it, I'll take a chance on this. I would, I would love to get this on vinyl. Actually, I would. I looked. It's actually not as expensive as you would think. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, like original press. Well, obviously, yeah. original presses. They wouldn't have repressed those. Yeah. Well, I think. I think there's bootleg repressings, but mm-hmm. I think in some other countries there's a fit. I don't know. Discogs is kind of weird to, yeah. for some sometimes to determine if shit is a bootleg or not. Yeah. But yeah, there's some original pressings like in different countries too that really weren't that bad. I mean, a little pricey, like 50, 60, 70 bucks. That's but a, I think it's worth it to own this. I mean, this is an important part of music. Yeah, I mean, I think shit. I, if I ever stumble upon this at a record show or a record store, and you know it's fifty dollars, I'd, I'd fucking buy it. I might not get it on Discogs because you know you might get the twenty dollars shipping slapped on there, and I'm yeah. like, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would love to have this. Yeah, um, tear this castle down. I really like this one. It's it, really good. Uh, it starts off with like a kind of proto doom metal ish. Yeah, and it, like it seems. Like, it sounds like a synthesizer, kind of. Like, it has, like, the drone, and it's like, doom, 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 yeah. doom. But it has, like, the feel of maybe some Sabbath stuff. Um, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a specific song by them that also has that kind of effect on the... I mean, I guess it was the keyboard that he that Billy Joel was yeah. doing that on, maybe. It doesn't really sound... I don't know. It could have been the organ. But, yeah, it has, like, a really electronic feel to it, but it's also, I, I don't know. I don't know, it's, it, it's kind of, the, um, the verses are super menacing. They're very yeah. dark. Um, vocally, he's not, this is the most he sounds like Dio in the whole album, okay. I think. Uh, there is that bridge, the silly little bridge. Yeah, that yeah. That could just be Billy Joel. That's just yeah. a Billy Joel song. Yeah. But, yeah, it has a really... Fast-paced solo at the end too. Um, that uh, that like breakdown solo. Yeah, and it segues into the opening riff again, and yeah, is really executed. That well, uh, that opinion. little breakdown. If you had told me that Thomas Eric wrote that for <laughs> yeah. Fall of Tory, I'd be like, oh yeah, of course he did. Okay, it's yeah. very math rocky. Yeah, and then there's once again uh, the proto blast beats during that mm-hmm. part too. Yeah, a lot of a lot of this album is really chaotic in a good, like the instrumentals yeah. chaotic in a good way. You know, like you said similar to like math rock math core kind of jazz fusion like yeah it's really ahead of its time in that too yeah because jazz fusion really came to a head in what like 77 yeah i mean yako i mean it was yako before that i i don't know um i mean i know that like bitches brew by miles davis came out in i want to say it was anywhere between 70 to 72 i want to say but I feel like that's more so like Latin inspired, yeah. you know, stuff stuff like this, like shreddy, almost more prog rock inspired jazz fusion. Yeah, yeah. is more of like a mid late seventies thing. Yeah, which yeah, I've, I've been into a lot of that shit lately, um, and a lot of this album reminded me of that. Especially, uh, we'll get to it later, but Brain Invasion yeah. really really sounded jazz fusion esque to me. So yeah, tear this castle down. I really like it. Uh, Holy Moses, I really like it too. It's a good song. Um, a really weird thing I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, a, some of the lyrics in the chorus specifically might be a reference to Singing in the Rain. 
And Holy Moses? Yeah, uh, okay. so there is a song on Singing in the Rain called Moses that uh, starts off with the Moses supposes his toes are roses, but Moses supposes erroneously because Moses, he knows this, his toes aren't roses as Moses supposes his toes to be. All right. <laughs> I kind of <And> followed. <laughs> in the chorus, he's like, um, Holy Moses, she supposes, or Holy Moses, bring me my roses. Oh, okay. And the timing yeah. works out. Billy Joel would have been a kid when Singing in the Rain came out, and it was a huge hit. Okay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> you really were digging for this for these fucking connections to shit. Damn. Um, okay. Uh, once again, the vo- vocally, it's Dio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it starts off with a kind of like a funky drum break to yeah. it. Like something that I feel like could be sampled in hip-hop. Um Kind of similar to, I don't know if you, you've probably heard, you might have heard this drum break before, you know, the band Mountain, yeah. another like proto-metal, I mean, obviously Mississippi Queen. Yeah. They have, um, they have this song called Long Red, and there's a live album by them that it's, it's a lot different than the studio version, so the drum break from the beginning of that, of that live album, um, it was, went on to be one of the most sampled drum breaks in the history of hip-hop. And this really gives me that vibe. Like I feel like, okay. you know, this could yeah. this could be used for especially like a lot of old school like eighties nineties yeah. hip hop. I could see using using this as the basis for a yeah. beat. Um, I don't know if you also noticed the piano chugs. Yeah, like it's just yeah, and I I mean he just did that by doing really quiet notes and then hitting a loud one, but it. I was trying so hard. There's. Some like that uh, piano part that we're talking about reminds me exactly of another song. Um, I want to say it's by Jimi Hendrix, but the only one I could think of that it reminded me of was Spanish Castle Magic, and even then, it's not too awfully similar. But I feel yeah. I feel like I've heard this somewhere before. I've definitely heard this somewhere, but I don't know where. But like I, yeah. the chugging piano was really really or the chuggy organ was really yeah. really cool yeah it was like I, I definitely feel like i mean it could it could be deep purple i don't know it could be one of the other bands around at the time but as soon as i heard it i was like i've i've heard something very similar to this before but yeah, yeah. it was really good and um i love how this song ends too the organ and the keyboard going off and like it gets really fuzzy as the song fades out yeah, yeah. i i wouldn't be surprised if they actually ran a pedal on parts of this song mm-hmm. just to add a little bit more fuzz mm-hmm. Um, and then the last track on the album is Brain Invasion. Yeah. Like I said, a very jazz fusion-esque song. I feel like especially this one, I feel like, I mean, this one I would say is heavy in its own right, but I'd say it's more so, I mean, like I said, like jazz inspired. Yeah. um, I don't, um, the... Rather than like blues, heavy blues mm -hmm. inspired. There's that really staccato part, uh, at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it was the amp or organ glitching out or if it was on purpose, but it sounded like... A kill switch, like on a guitar. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is pretty popular in metal and also yeah. jazz fusion. Um, and that was really cool to hear because that wasn't an idea yet as far as I've been able mm-hmm. to tell. Yeah, fucking, it's like shredding on the organ. Billy, Billy shreds on the organ on this one again. Uh, really good drum parts. Great, great back and forth between the two. I uh, like how, another reason it reminds me of jazz fusion is like the very first riff that's kind of established is brought back multiple times in yeah, the song, but it always segues to something different. It's always changed upon a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I love shit like that. There is that more upbeat, cleaner section mm-hmm. that reminded me of Bubble Bobble. 
Bubble Bobble? What's that? Uh, it's a video game. Oh, a video game. Okay. And it has um, the 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 song from Bubble Bobble because it only plays the one song through a hundred levels. It's an <laughs> Is old, this like a puzzle? It's game? a Taito arcade game. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's like. It's the characters went on to be in Puzzle Bobble, which is the one where you throw bo- uh, balls up at the top to match colored balls. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But okay. then Bubble Bobble yeah. is just like a platforming adventure game. Okay. But it just has this one really upbeat, chip toony song. Because mm-hmm. it was a uh, pu- it was a arcade game from I think '83. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, back when it just reminded know. me of Bubble Bobble and also like kind of Chawny. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, and also, you've already mentioned stuff that you feel like could have been like a proto blast beat i found um on the album stream or whatever uh this on youtube a youtube comment by g g heber uh he said this song contains what very well may be the first example of a blast beat at least in like a rock proto metal con because you know there's like blast beats and jazz yeah but it's a lot different yeah yeah, I can't. I, I should have wrote down the exact like timestamp, but I mean, it would kind of be hard since it's a full album stream. So if you were to listen to that, or if you just look up the song specifically, yeah. but I went back and listened to what he was saying, and yeah, like there's this part that's like pretty much straight up a blast beat. Like it, it was pretty crazy. I, I didn't catch it by myself, mm-hmm. so you know that's that's why I wanted to point out G Heber. <laughs> Good for, for, Thank for you, point, G yeah. Heber. Yeah. Um, this is an album that. You're not gonna catch everything in the first listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, there's a lot going on. I think you could probably get a hundred listens out of this and hear a new part every time. Yeah, that's the that's the very end of the track list. Uh, so I can I can tell you what my parents thought about it. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. What did they think? Yeah. So my parents they they grew up in the '70s. Mm-hmm. They both graduated high school in the late '70s. So they're big fans of classic rock. This is exactly up their alley. Yeah, exactly. My mom loves Deep Purple, Zeppelin, Sabbath. My dad, too. Like, they love all that shit. Um, So, yeah, I told them to listen to it. Uh, They said my mom had the most to say about it. My dad was like, yeah, it was was pretty good. Like, didn't have much to say, but my mom, she said that she enjoyed a lot of it. She, her favorite part was Amplifier Fire. That was her favorite song. And she also thought the second side was better than the first. The second side is just the better album. Yeah. So she thinks she said it would have been better if it was a four-piece band. She said some of the parts where the organ what like didn't really work for her in every single part. She said she thinks she would have liked it better if it had, I mean, still keeping the organ, but also yeah. had a guitar along with the organ and a bass. And she also thought that Billy Joel kind of tried too hard with his vocals. So I mean, possibly, I, but I think I they come off. I, I think they come off like really well. Yeah, I mean, I'd say for me, the only parts that they're kind of in is revenge is sweet mm-hmm. i mean tone wise is good but like just his voice match with the lyrics just kind of yeah sounds it's, too, it's weird a little too over the top. joel singing that all right i mean want to get to your favorite three songs on the album um yeah so my favorite three songs amplifier fire mm-hmm. uh i'm just gonna say part one and two is the same song mm-hmm. um holy moses and then actually california flash just because it's a fun little romp okay yeah, my, my favorite three are Tear This Castle Down, Brain Invasion, and Holy Moses. But I wanted to give honorable mention to California Flash and Amplifier Fire Part 1. Really, uh, the whole album is my favorite, except for, like, Wonder Woman and Revenge of Sweet. Yeah, yeah. For yeah for my least favorite three, I put Revenge of Sweet as my least favorite Wonder Woman. And I put Amplifier Fire Part 2 just because, I mean, I like it, but I feel, I mean, obviously... If you were to just go out to only listen to Amplifier Fire, you would listen to them together. But 
taken as it's as it is just yeah. in part two like yeah part two it, you really need part one it, to establish it, it needs to work in the context of the album so i was like if i if i need to get a top three those are gonna be it but i mean all those songs are still good songs yeah they're all good songs yeah. my least favorite is just revenge is sweet and wonder woman just because yeah. they're the they're, they did the least mm -hmm. well i got i got a few funny slash worst lyrics i I was too busy being like melted <laughs> by the music to really pay attention to the lyrics. And there's yeah. some there's some weird stuff in California Flash. The, yeah, the yeah. lick my feet part <laughs> in uh, Revenge is Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got uh, people laughed at me, said that I never win. Now I turn around and kick your faces in. Like the way he says it is just that's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just kind of like mm. yeah. And then yeah, Revenge is sweet, and now I make you kiss my feet. Um, and then yeah the. Uh, the girls all started to crash to see the California Flash removing his pants. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, I, it was I, just I like, funny. I like they have a twenty foot mustache. Yeah, uh, foot something mustache. about France. I didn't catch that line. Quite, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, overall, um, it's a very well put together and performed album. Yeah, runs at a good pace. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's what yeah. like forty minutes. Yeah, I think right, right at forty. It's like 39, 40 minutes. So yeah, yeah it's, it's, it goes by really easily, easily digestible. Um, there's never a part where I feel like he overstays his welcome in any bit. So, I mean, looking Does around it, at YouTube comments and stuff, it seems like a lot of people kind of are on the consensus, consensus that we are, like, don't really understand why this is hated. I don't know. Um, it's kind of a conundrum of why this is still considered one of the worst albums yeah, ever. Not only do I think it deserves one last breath, I think that if you're a fan of music, it would be a disservice to not listen to this album. Yeah, I mean, if, if this album were choking, I, I would give it mouth to mouth. <laughs> I'd marry this album and then have my bandmate have an affair with it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might punch it in the face and you might drink some furniture polish. But, but like, overall... I mean, you go on to have one of the most successful careers of all time. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, rate your music. It, there's nothing on Metacritic for it. So, I got from rate your music, which I guess is another, like, aggregate... Uh, music yeah. score from 383 ratings it has a 2.93 out of 5 that's low for me i'd say that's if, low I'd if we're still it, going out of 10 i give it eight and a half out of 10 i give it a nine nine and a half damn okay i think this is one of the most important i think if this it had gotten be. traction it would have been yeah the most important album in metal and one of the most important albums in music as a whole i think everyone should listen to this front to back at least once okay damn some high praise. It's it's a really good album. Yeah. So. Uh, and you can tell because we've been talking about it for longer than the album runs for. <laughs> Shit, have we? It's, damn. So yeah, I mean, yeah, deserves one last breath. We both like it. I mean, you know, for this show, we're not going to shit on stuff that is popular to shit on. I mean, yeah. we're going to give our honest opinion. So if you thought maybe... We were critical on Lulu just because that's how everyone else is. Nope. No, Lulu is actually bad. <laughs> yeah. This album is incredible. Fashionably late. Good. Good. <laughs> incredible. So yeah, that's that's just kind of how it goes around here. So, um, Well, anyways, yeah. thank you for listening to One Last Breath. Yeah, thank Check you. Check out the fucking album. Yeah, do it. And we will see you next week. See you next week with whatever.